everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. He is our living hope, isn't he? Yes, he certainly is. So we are starting a, a brand new series called He is Greater Than Me. He is Greater Than Me, and hopefully you're saying that about you and understanding that not just me, but you and me and everyone. He, talking about Jesus, is greater than me. John the Baptist taught us that, told us that in the scripture in John 3. And John was losing all of his followers and he was, and, and his followers that remained with John, that were loyal to John, started asking John, John, what do we do with this? What do we do with the fact that people are leaving you and not following you and your teaching, but instead are following another guy by the name of Jesus? Everybody's now following him. And John said, hey, it's just like, you know, when you go to a wedding, you shouldn't ever upstage the bride and the groom. You should never upstage the bride and the groom. We're just friends, you know, of the groom, and we should never upstage, and that's what he was trying to say. And then he goes on to say that he must increase. John is saying he must. It's not I'm, we're suggesting like he should or this is maybe a good idea or if you're, if you're up for it. No, he's saying he must increase. He must increase. And he said, John was saying, I must decrease. It's not a suggestion. Maybe it's halfway or part of the way or some of the way. He said, I must decrease. And this is the idea of this series over the next four weeks have how can Jesus increase in you and in me? How can he, what can, what, what needs to be increased in us, even in a world that is, seems to be decreasing, right? I mean, it's hard to find a restaurant or a drive-through that's open anymore, isn't it? Not challenging, maybe I eat out too much, I don't know, but every time that I seem like I wanna go to get some Arby's, Arby's is closed. Or any time that I feel like Taco Bell, Taco Bell is closed. I don't know what the deal is, maybe it's just Walled Lake, I don't know. Maybe your Taco Bell uh, is open all the time time. Kudos to you. Where are you at? Because I want to go where that's at. So I don't know. We just live in a world that is just seems to be decreasing. I don't know if you try to buy a house in the housing market today. Is it not? Maybe you win one that is like, I'm trying to, I'm selling a house and I'm in a good position because I've got a lot of buyers. But maybe you're trying to buy a house in the competitive market. It seems to just be so difficult to find something. Why? We just live in a world and we, we experience it and we feel it. And you can give your own examples. But we live in a world world that seems to be decreasing. And so how do, we in, how do we in this world that seems to be becoming less and less and decreasing and decaying, really, how do we become increased? Or how can Jesus increase in us? And, and, and that's really what this is about. This is about for you and me understanding that we're living for something more. We're living for something more. And it tells us, and I want to just share a story of, of how a time went uh, before I move on to any further. But I just want to share a story. I want to read it to you um, of a bride who, who wrote in to this, some article or some blog or some website asking for advice on what to do with a certain uh, groomsman, best man, who upstaged 
uh, her wedding, her and her husband's wedding that day. And, and I just want to read it from what she's saying. Um, and so this is, not what, this is not what wisdom looks like. This is not what we should do. Um, and so there are some certain, certain things when you go to people's weddings, right? There's certain rules, right? You know, women, you know that you shouldn't ever wear white to a, a wedding, right? It, that's just an unwritten rule that you shouldn't wear white at somebody else's wedding because that just looks like you're trying to upstage the bride. Bad idea. If you didn't know that rule, you, you now know that rule. You now know what you're supposed to do. Don't wear uh, heckling during speeches. Bad idea. Don't heckle the, the, the speeches. It's hard enough. If anybody's given a speech before, okay, it's hard enough. Don't, don't heckle. Probably not a good idea to have your cell phone on um, it, during a wedding, you know, probably not a good, as a matter of fact, it's not a good idea to have your cell phone on now. Uh, so this is, gives you an opportunity to check your phone, make sure it's on silent. Okay. All right. Um, and, and here's, here's a bad idea. Proposing to your partner at someone else's ceremony. This is what happened to the bride. So here's it. So she's, she, here's the bride's words. Okay. She says, we've done really well for ourselves talking about her and her husband. We've done really well for ourselves and finally reached a point where we could afford a huge blowout wedding to celebrate our lives with everyone we know and love. She says, my husband's best friend, John, we'll call him John. John was the best man and he was the officiant of the ceremony, right? Which sort of bothers me. I, I, can I just be honest with you? Like, it sort of bothers me when I hear about some dude just goes online and gets it like ordinated or, you know, ordination online and then does the ceremony. It's like, come on, I, were, I went to school, you know, for like for this. Like, come on, you're killing me, all right? And so that's just a side note. It has nothing to do with the message here. It's just <laughs> chalk it up to another one of Pastor Chris's annoyances in life, okay? Okay. So he's the best man, and he's the officiant of the ceremony. She goes on to say to the bride, she says, The entire atmosphere felt moving. So, so moving, in fact, that John stopped mid-ceremony to propose to his longtime girlfriend, we'll call her Jane, and reveal her pregnancy. So John, who is officiating the wedding, has stopped everything to tell the gathered crowd of the bride and groom's family and friends that his girlfriend is pregnant and he loves her so much and wants to marry her at his best friend's wedding. But that was just the beginning as John and Jane became the focus of the entire day. The bride says this, I couldn't even hear the vows of my husband or the rest of the ceremony over the noise of Jane's happy sobs. Her very surprised family, who were also guests and people sitting nearby congratulating her, the bride continued. She said, even the videographer cut to her frequently during the ceremony, and you can't hear anything over the chatter. When John gave the toast... He apologized for being caught up in the moment and then proceeded to talk about he and Jane's future with nary a mention of us, she says. During the reception, John and Jane became the primary focus of our guests. 
John then asked the band, listen to this. John then asked the band to play a special song for he and Jane to dance to. While the bride and groom watched on from the sidelines. She goes on, I was so shocked and angry that I keep asking myself, is is this real life? Is this for real? She said, my husband has joked that he'll resume his friendship with John and Jane after he gives them $40,000 check for half of their wedding. (laughs) Never, ever propose to your significant other at somebody else's ceremony. Bad idea, upstage. So this is what John is saying. He said, hey, it's like he's, he's the man. He's the man and I'm not. He's the man and I'm not the man. He's the one you should follow He's the one that should increase in your life, not you. You should become less. He can become more because he's greater, and you should say this to yourself, he's greater than me. He's greater than me. So Luke 52, Luke 52, it says that Jesus kept increasing. Jesus kept increasing. So this is... One verse that tells us about a span between the ages of age 12 of Jesus' life, age 12 and age 30. So this gives us one verse to explain about Jesus a little bit. Just one verse between age 12 and age, age 30. And it tells us that he just kept increasing. He kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and people. So he just, kept, he just kept increasing, and he kept increasing, and I think an area that we need Jesus to increase, or I'll just say it for me, an area that I need Jesus to increase in me, and that's the area of wisdom. That I need Jesus to increase in me. I need to become less. It's not about what I think is best or decisions that I make for me or my family or you or others. It's about what Jesus wants to do. And Jesus needs to increase. And I need and you need to decrease in the area of wisdom. So how do we have Jesus? Well, it tells us, Paul tells us in his letter to the church in Corinth, he says, he tells us about who Jesus is to us. He says, but it is due to him, to Jesus, that you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. In other words, Jesus is the persona of wisdom. That Jesus is, is, the, is where we draw our, our wisdom from. And, and, our, and that wisdom is righteousness, which means that you and I can be made right with God. It's sanctification, which means that you and I can be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit from the inside out to become more like Jesus and redemption. In other words, that you, your sins and my sins were paid by, a, by Jesus on a cross as our debt payment needed to be paid so that you and I can be redeemed into right standing with God and know what it means to have eternal Life. This is the wisdom from God, and Jesus is wisdom for us. It says this in Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. He said this in Colossians 2 3. He says, In whom are hidden, talking about Jesus, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus has all the treasures, excuse me, let me swallow for a second, of wisdom. 
and knowledge. And this is what he is. This is what he has. This is who he is. He's wisdom and he has all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And then Paul also wrote this about God. He says, oh, the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. I mean, wow, what an amazing thing. What an amazing resource that we have. And this is who Jesus is. And Paul was so pumped to say, oh, wow, the depths of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God. So there is a difference between knowledge and, and wisdom, by the way. Knowledge, just to define knowledge for us, is knowledge is the awareness of information gained through observation, experience, or study. So we all can have knowledge. Knowledge is, you know, through, gained through observation, experiences, you know, through study, through education. All of us can have knowledge. But wisdom is something a little bit different. Wisdom is to apply that knowledge. Wisdom is to apply that knowledge and make decisions that are beneficial for you and for others, right? All of us can know that, you know, all of us can have a knowledge of how to use a gun, but we oftentimes need wisdom of when we use that gun, right? You can have a knowledge of it, but we, all of us have a knowledge of how to drive a car. Many of us have that knowledge of how to drive a car, but we need wisdom to know that we need to follow those traffic laws so that we can be safe and, the, and, and others can be safe as well. You can have a knowledge of knowing that you were right in that argument with your spouse. But you need wisdom to know that you need to let them know that they were right instead, right? You know what I'm saying? Wisdom is different. There's a difference between knowing and, and, and using wisdom when it comes to things. Listen, listen, and this is what's important spiritually. We can have a knowledge in the, in, and from Jesus, he is our wisdom. And we can have a knowledge to, to know that, that, that what he has are treasures. He, and they're richly, he's, he wants to, oh, the depths of the, of the riches of the knowledge, wisdom and the knowledge of God. You know, how unfathomable is, is he, right? And so we can have that kind of, of wisdom and, and knowledge to know like this is what I know about God and this is how I'm going to apply that to my life and this is how I need that to increase in me and so Proverbs who is gives us a lot of information about wisdom gives us a lot of information about you know what wisdom is and and how what wisdom looks like so look what Proverbs says it says the beginning of wisdom is this. Now, are you ready for this? This is, this is going to be blow your mind, all right? Are you ready for this? So the beginning of wisdom is this. Acquire wisdom. You need to write that verse down. Isn't that amazing? Like, I want to just pray and us go home. Like, the, like how, the beginning of wisdom is you need to first, you need to get wisdom. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You just got to get wisdom, right? You need to get wisdom. Well, why, why do I need to get wisdom? Well, Proverbs tells us this. He tells us this, right? Blessed is the person who finds wisdom. Blessed is the person who finds wisdom and the one who obtains understanding. You need to get some wisdom. And when you get wisdom and you find wisdom, you're going to be 
blessed. You're going to be blessed. And he, he says this. He says, he says uh, uh, Proverbs says, says it this way in, in verse six, uh, 16, or chapter 16, verse 16. How much better it is to get wisdom than gold. And to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. Like he's saying, wow, wisdom is so rich. It's so valuable, and it's better than having gold. It's better than having silver. I mean, think about, for, think about the, the thing that, um, that your favorite dessert. I want you to think about your favorite dessert. Everybody, right now, I want you to sit here and think about what is it that you love? What is so good and delicious and sweet? Okay, everybody have it? Does everybody have that thing that you love? You, that, that, whatever that is, that piece of cake, that ice cream, that pie, that... Whatever it is, maybe, maybe it's just like, maybe for you, it's just not that. Maybe, like for me, I'm like, I just, I don't care about dessert. Just give me a steak and I'm happy, right? I'm good. Give me a burger. Give me another burger. Like, I'll, I won't eat dessert. Just give me a second or third burger, okay? I'll be, I'll be good with that, okay? Everybody got that? So here's, here's what uh, Proverbs 24 says. My son, eat honey. For it is good. Yes, the honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Then look what he says. Know that wisdom is the same for your soul. So that thing that you need, like that love, that dessert, that sweet thing that you love to have, like he says, wisdom will do for you what that dessert does to your taste buds. Wisdom will do for your soul what that delicious piece of cake or pie or ice cream or whatever it is that your, your thing is will do for your taste buds. It will do, wisdom will do for your soul if you find it. If you find it, then there will be a future and your hope. Go back, go back, go back so I can finish the verse. Then there, if you find it, then there will be a future and your hope will, will not be cut off. So the beginning of wisdom is you should get wisdom. You should find it. You should figure out how to acquire it, right? Because it's, it's going to give you blessing in, in your life. It's going to give you a hope for a future. It's going to be good for your soul. It's going to be like that dessert. It's going to be good for your soul. And so you, you, should, you should get wisdom. And you sitting here going, man, I've been trying to get wisdom for a long time. And I keep making bad decisions after bad decision after bad decision. But there is a way to acquire wisdom. So the question is, how do you, how do I acquire wisdom? What does that look like? What will that take? And, and I hope you know that, that Jesus is wisdom. And I hope you know that, that God has a treasure chest of wisdom, that God has a wealth of wisdom, and the depth of his wisdom is so rich. It's unfathomable, his, his wisdom and his understanding. So we should want that, right? And we should want that to increase in us. We should want the wisdom of Jesus to increase in us because Jesus is greater than Solomon. Even though Solomon gives us some insightful things to help us with wisdom, the, the scripture teaches us, especially in he Hebrews, that Jesus is greater than, than all of them. 
And we should want and I should want when it comes to this life and making decisions in this life. Even though I have the knowledge to do certain things, oftentimes we need the wisdom to apply it correctly. To apply it correctly. And we'll look at at the end of the series the reason why. And I'll just sort of give you a glimpse of it. It's so that we can love people better. And so that we can grow in our relationship with Jesus more. So that we can love, so our increase for people will, or for our love for people will increase. And then our knowledge and understanding and applying this, you know, God's ways to our life will be, will increase as well. And so that's why it's so important. So how do you and I, how do we acquire wisdom? Okay. Number one, ask God. Ask God. Now, we live today in the age of information, don't we? We can get information whenever we want. We carry around with us information. As a matter of fact, right now on my screen, I've got Apple News ready to tell me and give me some information of what's going on in this world right at the tip of my fingers. I've got information right at the tip of my fingers. All of us have that accessibility. All of us do. My kids were telling me uh, this morning um, that just, this, is a, this is amazing. I don't know if you use this, this technology or not. Or I don't know, maybe you use it for, you know, to, to look up things or whatever the case is. But my kids were telling me, hey, Dad, ask Siri what zero divided by zero is. Ask Siri. And so I was like, what do you mean? So it's zero. Like, why, why do I need to ask you just ask me, and I'll, I'll tell you the answer. Like, like I, I have a wealth of information and, and knowledge. I'm a math guru. I'm not really. And so, you know, just, just I can tell you what zero, they're like, Dad, just ask Siri what zero divided by zero is. So, hey, Siri, what is zero divided by zero? zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends how many cookies does each person get see it doesn't make sense and cookie monster is sad that there are no cookies and your friends are sad because they don't exist oh wow this escalated quickly (laughs) it certainly did escalate quickly the point is, is that you could ask Siri anything. I could ask Siri lots of different things, but I won't. But I, we, I could, right? And here's the thing that we oftentimes go to. Our default is to go to some other resource, right? That's sort of where our default is. When we want to have and make, apply wisdom into our life, we oftentimes go to other resources. And, 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 and here's what James tells us. Look what, look what James says. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And all of us, when it comes to, I don't know, our relationships, 
our careers, our finances, our health, you know, our, our, any kind of decision making, which all of us make, you know, thousands of decisions every single day. Here's what, in all of us, our default is, and my default is to sort of go to find other resources. And, and here's what James is telling us. James is saying, hey, if you lack wisdom when it comes to certain areas of your life, did you know that you can ask God who gives to all generously? Like he's not just like holding back and he's just going to dispense a, a little bit. Like here's a penny, you know, for my thoughts here, you know, or here. No, he's, he's going to overwhelm you generously with wisdom to know how to make the best decision for you and for others. But then he says this, verse 6, but... There's a big but here. But, and here's what James says. He must ask in faith without doubting. What are we talking about? We're talking about those who lack wisdom. If you want wisdom, you can get wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. But he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. He's saying, listen, listen. You need to know that you can ask God for wisdom and he'll generously give it to you. But don't ask with a doubting mindset or don't ask with a doubting spirit. Ask in faith. Why? Why is James telling us this? Because God wants you to know that you can trust him fully. He wants us to know that you can trust him with everything in every area of your life, especially in the areas that are the hardest decisions to make. He doesn't want you to say, I know I'm going to run to this resource. I'm going to go to that. I'm going to see what the internet has to say. I'm going to see what... So he's saying, listen, I want you to trust me fully. I don't want you to doubt and wonder if I'm going to, you know, give you what you need in that moment to make that decision or give you what you need to make that decision for your future and for your family's future. He says, I want you to, I want you to trust me fully because when you and I can get to a place where we just trust him and not rely on pop culture, not rely on Hollywood not rely on our biased news feeds. When we, when we go to those things instead, we're, what we're doing is we're showing God or telling God, I, don't, I doubt that you're going to be able to give me the wisdom that I need in order for me to make this decision. And James is telling us, if you want to acquire wisdom, ask God, because his wisdom and understanding is unfathomable, and he wants to give that to us generously. You got a tough decision to make? Did you think about going to the source of life? Did you think about going to the one who's paving the way for you? Did you think about going to the resource that is available to all of us 
who put breath in your lungs and guides your path and wants to make them straight. And stop leaning on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him who gives all wisdom generously. Right? And we go to somewhere else, and we look somewhere else, and finally we get to the end of our rope, and we're not sure what to do, and then finally we go, God, what do you think? We're like a sea that's tossed and driven by the wind, and you don't know where you're going to land when you get hit by that wave. Another thing, though, how we can acquire wisdom, first thing we should do, number one, is we should ask God, number one. The second thing, because we have community and because we have people that God has positioned in our life to be a, a voice for God, we should, the second thing we should do is that we should take some advice. We should take some advice. So Proverbs, again, a few Proverbs verses. Through overconfidence comes nothing but strife. But wisdom is with those who receive counsel, right? A number of years ago, I was talking, um, I think, about this concept. I was teaching this concept a few years ago. And I was teaching about how it's important to, to get counsel, right, and, and, to, and have people around you. You know, that are, you know, that aren't yes men. They're not people that are just going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear, right? right? And so we, I was talking about this. And so I was using a, a story that was found by, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in, in, in Kings about Solomon, who when Solomon became king, what it, he asked, he asked God for what? He asked God for wisdom. Remember that? Remember this? Right? He, he could have asked God for wealth, you know. He could have asked God for peace, you know, and, 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 and no war, you know. He could have asked God for a slew of things, but instead he asked God for wisdom, for wisdom, which is what we should be doing. We should be asking God for wisdom. And God was like so impressed with that. He's like, yeah, absolutely, you're going to have, you're going to be the wisest person, you know, to ever walk this earth other than Jesus. He says, you're, you're going to be so wise. And so, um, so we talked about, you know, this, this idea. And so one of the stories that is recorded, and you are familiar if you've been part of church, one of the stories recorded are two women who brought a baby to King Solomon. Remember this story? And, 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 they, and they brought this baby to King Solomon. Both are claiming to be the mother of this child. And King Solomon decides that he's going to do something. He says, give me the baby. And he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the sword and I'm going to cut the baby in half. And, and, and it, so that's fair. So one will have one half of the baby. The other half, I know, graphic Old Testament stuff, right? Right? And so, and so he knew that the real mother, he knew that the real mother would not want any harm to happen to that child. And so when, whenever the, so when, that, when he said that, the, the mother who said, no, 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 just let her have, I don't want any harm to this child, let her have the child. Solomon knew that that was the real mother. What wisdom, right? What wisdom, right? And so I took that story 
And I started to try to use that as an example of some things that I would do when it comes to making decisions in in my life. And I made this statement. Here's what I said. Maybe some of you remember. I would make the statement when it comes to making decisions, I would say, how do I cut a baby in half here? You know how many emails I got from moms the next day? (laughs) Here I was going, oh, this is going to be good. I was overconfident in the fact, oh, this is going to be good. I'm going to teach somebody, these people something that they're going to be able to remember and they're going to be able to walk away. And, and, and man, in their life, they're going to, when it comes to making tough decisions, they're going to make that statement, how do I cut a baby in half here? That was such a bad idea. Moms were so mad that I was getting emails and texts like, how dare you? You kept saying it. You kept saying it. You kept saying it. And I'm like, I I was just thinking, and I was like, what I needed to do, I probably just, and I went to my wife and I was like, oh, this is, and she's like, yeah, that was not a good idea. That was a, a bad, a bad idea that wasn't wise at all. Like, listen, here's what happens. Overconfidence when you, when you, you know, rely on your own, you know, wisdom or insights or whatever the case is, it Oftentimes, it causes nothing but strife. Like it did in that situation. I'm trying to teach about wisdom, and it was the dumbest thing. It was the dumbest thing. Instead, I should have, hey, do you think I'm going to teach this? Do you think this is a good idea? And you know what everybody would have said? That's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. Wisdom is with those who receive counsel. Proverbs, verse 20 says this. And the one who walks with wise people will be wise. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. There's a king, Rehoboam, who became king. And he wanted to be greater than his his father. He wanted to be the greatest king. He wanted to be greater than his grandfather, David. And and he just just wanted to be a great king. And and he decided he was going to do this. Look what it says about Rehoboam. It says this in, in 1 Kings 12 eight. It says, but he ignored the advice of the elders which they had given him and instead consulted with young men who had grown up with him and served him. So Rehoboam, you know what happened because of this? The kingdom was divided. The nation of Israel, the two kingdoms were divided. Why? Because Rehoboam decided that instead of taking advice from, from elders, taking advice from people that had experience, taking advice from, from people that had, had a better understanding of who he was serving, he was just this young king, you know, ambitious, overconfident. So instead, he, he takes, he listens to his buddies. He listens to his pals. He listens to the people that were around him that were really only around him because they, he was the king and they knew that they could you know, be served by him. He just listened to some people that he shouldn't have listened to. And sometimes you and I, it's easy for us to listen to the people that are like-minded like us, think the same way, believe the same way, have a, a same viewpoint as us, have the you know, same understanding of, of the way we see life as us. And it's easy for us to have ourselves surrounded by people and only listen to those people. And all those people do is confirm the bias that you already have. That's the kind of world that we live in. And the advice would be, is to take advice from people that have different points of view. To take advice from people that are impartial. 
To take advice from people that have your best interest in mind, not because they're not, they're not having anything want from you. They don't want anything from you. They just want to help you and they want to help you succeed in life and they want you to make the best decisions possible. And all of us need to have people in our life and I would recommend to have people in our life that don't always think the same way that you think or see the world the same way that you see the world. And I know it's easy for us to sort of find ourselves at a place where we find our community and the people that are like-minded than us. But, the, but wisdom, wisdom can be acquired when we take advice from people not because they have an agenda, not because they see the world the same way that you see the world, but to take advice from people that actually see it differently than us. I've asked a guy before who isn't a Christian, he's not a Jesus follower, he doesn't believe in God, he doesn't believe that there is a God, and I asked him, I said, hey, would you listen to my sermons and tell me that, about everything that you disagree with. And you know why I did that? Is because I want to hear from somebody that isn't a Christian, that isn't a churchgoer, that isn't a Jesus follower, of how I can best reach those who aren't Jesus followers. I don't need your advice on how to reach somebody that isn't a Christian. I need the advice of somebody who isn't a Christian, so that I can best effectively reach them for Jesus. And I get real nervous when I find myself surrounded by people that when I say, how are you doing? All good, blessed, highly favored, God is amazing. I get a little nervous when I find myself around those people because that means I'm not on mission. And if we keep finding ourselves around the same people that talk the same way as us and believe the same things as us and live the same way, listen, we're not on mission. So let's have some wisdom and let's take some advice from people that love you and care about you, have your best interests in mind for you, but maybe don't think and see the same way that you do might be helpful, might be helpful. Proverbs says it this way, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a person who listens to advice is wise, is wise. I'm running out of time. Third thing, third thing, how do you acquire wisdom? Abstract it from the word, abstract it from the word. Ask God, take some advice from some people that understand life, understand what you're about, understand where you want to go, understand what your mission is. Take some advice. Abstract it from the word. Extract it from the word. Timothy says this, 2 Timothy. Paul writes to Timothy. He says, And that from childhood you have been known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, listen, Take that written word, the sacred word that we have, the sacred writing that we have, whether it's you know, on paper or on our phones or on our tablets or whatever it is that you draw from. Listen, take those sacred writings. that It's able to give you wisdom. It's able to give you wisdom. It's the word of God that we can abstract from that gives you wisdom. 
that we need. Colossians 3.16 says it this way. Let the word of Christ rich, richly dwell within you what, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So that leads us to this. That leads us to this. Apply it to your life. Apply it to your life. So Paul is telling Timothy, take those sacred writings. That's what's gonna give you wisdom. Paul is, is telling you know, the church there in Colossians, you know, he's saying, listen, I want you to understand that I want you to take the word of Christ and apply it and give you all wisdom that you need. I want you to apply that to your life. And you know how they applied that? They applied it. They didn't have like the Bible that we have today. They didn't have that. You know how they learned scripture? You know how they, re- they learned how to remember what Jesus said? To the point that were eventually, you know, they were writing it down and putting it into, for us in our hands. You know how they did that? They started singing to one another. They, that's how they started learning scripture and, and remember, remembering scripture. Is they started just singing it to each other. Songs, psalms and you know, hymns and spiritual songs. They, they just started singing it. Why? Because it helped them to remember it and it helped them to apply it. It helped them to apply it. And this is what we're to do. We have this, not just, this is knowledge, but this is knowledge for us not to just take and glean from, but it's knowledge for us to apply to our life. You can have an application. You can have that application. And you can fill out that application. But until you turn in that application, you're never going to get that job. Or you're never going to accept it into that place. There's the application has to happen in order for wisdom to increase in us. How do you get wisdom? You ask God. How do you get wisdom? You should take some advice. How do you get wisdom? You pull it from the word of God. But then you have, and I have to, apply it to our life. They applied it. James tells us how do we apply this wisdom. He asked the question, and this is a good question for us to end with. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show, right? Let him show. Let him apply. Let him demonstrate. Let him exhibit. He says, who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his, by his what? By his good behavior, his deeds and gentleness of wisdom. He says there's an application that needs to happen. And the wisdom that you can have is to show good behavior in your deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. And then he goes on to say this. Look, look, these are ways that we can apply it. But wisdom from above. So we don't need earthly wisdom. We don't need it from our news outlets. We don't need it from our pop culture. We don't need it from our Hollywood movies. Where we get wisdom is from above. And it's first pure, it's pure, its motives are pure. Then it's peace-loving, it's gentle, it's reasonable, it's full of mercy and good fruits. It's impartial, it's free from hypocrisy. So if you're wondering, how do I apply wisdom? Here you go. Here you go. So when it comes to decisions that need to be made, when it comes to, you know, 
things that you got to do and you're not sure what to do and how to handle, how to deal with the conflict, how to, you know, relate to others. Here's, here's, here's what he says. He says, you, you want wisdom with this? Here's, here's how you apply it. Your motives need to be pure. It needs to be peace-loving. It needs to be gentle. It needs to be reasonable. It needs to be full of mercy. It needs to be, have, have good fruits to it. It needs to bear good fruits. It needs to be impartial. It needs to be free from hypocrisy. This is, this is wisdom. You want to apply wisdom? Here you go. So anytime we act other than this, anytime we behave other than this, anytime our deeds are other than this, it's not wisdom that came from above. It may have been wisdom that came from this earth. It may have been wisdom of what you heard or what you read from this world. But it's certainly not wisdom from above. So you want to know how to apply wisdom? Here's one verse, James 3.17. Here you go. Jesus said it this way, and I'm done. Matthew 7.24. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Right? You know this. There's two foundations, isn't there? There's the unwise foundation built on sand, which is, by, by the way, by the way, it's the quick and easy way. The quick and easy way. The quick and easy way. So you can either build your life on the sand, quick and easy way, or you can go the hard, sacrificial way, the one that takes more time and energy and strength and the power of God. You build it on the rock. And when you build your life on the rock, even when the wind comes and the rain comes, it won't fall. It will fall when it's built on sand, and that's unwise. But when you're wise, when you hear these words and you act on them, when the rain comes and the wind comes of life, which is, they're coming and they come, it will stand. And you are wise for it. So, the beginning of wisdom, increasing in you and me, get some wisdom. Get some wisdom. How do you get wisdom? You should ask God. He's got a wealth of it. A wealth of it. You should take some advice from people that you trust and love and have some experience in this life. You should take some advice. And you should abstract it from the word of God. Because there's a wealth of wisdom in here. But if all you have is knowledge, it's not what you need. You need wisdom to know how and when to apply it. And we all need that. This week, online, I encourage you to watch. I'm going to let you, I'm going to share with you one area that the Bible emphasizes of where we need to use wisdom the most. So tune in this week for that. Let's pray. Father, all of us need, in, in all of us, all of us need more of Jesus to increase wisdom in us. Making better more thoughtful, 
more decisions that are more honoring and glorifying to you than what we're doing now. And the world that keeps decreasing in us, in your sons and daughters, wisdom needs to continue to increase. And we need it. There's a lot of tough decisions, a lot of things pressing at our lives and at our freedoms, but we need your wisdom. So we're going to acquire it by asking you. We're going to acquire it by having some people in our life that we can look to to get some good advice, some godly advice, some helpful advice. And we're going to pull it from your word. That's going to be our compass. Your word is our guide. Your word is our map to help us navigate through this life. So I pray, Lord, that we don't just take this information and knowledge, that we apply it. We apply it. We apply it to our family, relationships, our careers, our finances, all the things that are, that are most important to us in this life, we apply these truths so that we can be people that build their life on the rock. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.